0: We have we actually probably by this time Tuesday or Wednesday ten times as many people have heard the message, but they don't get the full benefit of being here. And there's so much more to being here than just the offering and all that. It's the smiles and the camaraderie and, and all that we, we enjoy and, and like I said earlier, we are blessed that we're continuing to be able to meet in person like this. So and then we might you might every now and then I do my my little giveaway things. It might be a good day for that. I don't know. Right? Okay, good. The jokes was, but the giveaway. Was good Got it. Guys, listen to your wives. They'll keep you out of trouble. <laughs> the message this morning what if you won? Now, last week, something uh, pretty amazing happened. Someone beat the 302.5 million to one odds and matched all six numbers of the Mega Millions lottery. You guys hear that story? This person won over $1 billion. And they had a horrible decision to make. After taxes, do they take $716.3 million, paid over 30 years? So that's like a $24 million pay raise, right? $24 million a year pay raise, that's a pretty good amount. Or they can just get a lump sum of $546.8 million. Just kind of ponder this. Ponder that amount of money. Don't cover it, covet it, Just, just think about it, right? We're not supposed to covet, but think about what you'd do if you won. $1 $1 billion, billion. billion. What, what would it be? Don't be ashamed. And no one shout out I give it to the church because I don't want to. <laughs> but what? What would, Becky, come on, you're grinning. Oh, okay. I was supposed to pick on you last week and you weren't here. So what, what would you do? What was one of the first things you do with that kind of money? Oh, my. It's hard to imagine, isn't it? Yeah, just be thankful. Yeah, but there's something, right? What's that? Be a, big migraine. a big migraine. I'd be willing to take that one though. Ready? <laughs> Anybody else? Really? What would you do? Well, just a co-worker at my previous company. Yeah. Was one of the first. What, there was at one time a 1.5 billion with three winners. We found out later, quietly, that he, he was one of the winners. Okay. And I was rather touched. I mean, they did move to Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> But he opened up a foundation and put a large part of it in to help people in different yeah. third-world countries and yeah. things. It was just really touching to see somebody to do, see someone do something someone do good, good with, something with it. Yeah. And don't fault him for moving to Hawaii. There's no shame in that. Yeah. What else? I see another hand. His? Uh, I thought about years ago what I ended up doing. If I had a whole bunch of money. I mean, I do my best to make it work for me. I invest in small companies. Yeah. and invest in larger companies. I mm-hmm. what I could. Yeah, I'm not convinced that I would stop working, either would you, right? We gotta keep busy. So. Yeah, we talked about that. I, I do love working. I, I love yeah. my job. I mean, maybe I would do it a little not less. Like 60 hours a week. <laughs> I think I would still. Yeah. I think I would, I don't know. That's good. So I kind of looked up what some people did, just some of the, the things. So a gentleman named John, he built a water park. Okay, not my dream, but okay. There's an 81-year-old woman by the name of Louise. She bought a rainbow sherbet right before she uh, bought her ticket. So she created a trust, a foundation, and named it the Rainbow Sherbet Trust. I thought that was pretty clever. So a man by the name of Bob Bob spent his money legalizing, trying to legalize marijuana. Um, Hey, everybody has their thing, right? Uh, Another lady made political donations. Um, Another gentleman traveled the world. And this is, I hope this isn't anybody else's idea. A gentleman by the name of Jonathan Vargas created a TV show with female wrestlers, which he called Wrestlelicious Takedown. I've never heard of it. I guess it didn't last. Um, I, I'm, thank you guys for not saying that was my idea. Someone else took it. Um, another, uh, I wouldn't even say that one. There's some crazy stuff. A couple people went to Atlantic City and then lost all their money. Um, here's someone who treated herself to a perpetual shopping spree and literally spent all of her money. But maybe you're more like Denise and Paul Hardware who after taking a a celebratory cruise, they paid off their mortgage, bought their dream home and then invested in three more properties and they spent their winnings to to fund their son's education. Or perhaps you would do what George and Beryl Keats did and they gave $250,000 to each of their four sons, $10,000 to each of their nine grandchildren and gave some money to their sisters and still had money left over and they still play the lottery today, Okay. Or eighteen-year-old Charlie Lagarde who opted just to take the thousand dollars a week to fund some of her um, hobbies and pay for her education. I mean, there's, there's all kinds of things you can do, and and the thought of a billion dollars is almost overwhelming. It perhaps it seems like so abundant, it's infinite, limitless. Like I'd never spend all that money, right? But all these people found out, and a lot of them are penniless, and some are even bankrupt. That you can lose perspective um, about. That and you can stop being a good steward of of God's blessing because you just, it just goes on. You know, you think it's limitless because you just can't fathom a billion dollars and maybe you wasted it or or certainly unappreciate it. But what if you won? What if you won? And this isn't a message about financial responsibility and and about being a good steward of God's blessing. It's not even a reminder of the importance of tithes and offerings, but the lavish amount, the seemingly endless abundance that we're talking about this morning is God's love for you. And you know what, you've already won. You've already won that prize. And there's some things to consider as you relish this prize. Number one, it's too much to understand, it is. The Apostle Paul writes the early church in Ephesus, he says, may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you'll be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. It's too much to understand. It's too great. And this prize, it's perfect. Listen to this, and and you'll recognize this, the scripture. It says, love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Now that's 1 Corinthians 13, four through seven, and it's often read at weddings. But did you know that Paul is describing God's perfect love for you, exemplified by Jesus Christ? And it's this model of love that we are to have towards everyone, not just our spouses, but certainly our spouses. And it is appropriate to share this reminder as we make our covenant vows of marriage of all these things that real love is. But don't forget, this is not the goal that we set. This is the actual factual description of God's love for you. The other thing, this prize is limitless. Again, beyond understanding. It's the apostle Paul reminds us in Ephesians 3.20 that God is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. I would also add that not only is God able to do this, he is willing to do all this and he delights in doing it for you like any good father does. He's like, celebrates. He feels good about giving this to you. And the prize of God's love, it's unconditional. There's no fine print. We know what we need to do, we have to accept it. But he says, it's yours. I, I created you with this in mind. And the psalmist writes in Psalms 36, five through seven, it says, your unfailing love, O Lord, is as vast as the heavens. Again, just this immeasurable amount. Your faithfulness reaches beyond the clouds. Your righteousness is like the mighty mountains. Your justice like the ocean depths. You care for people and animals alike, O Lord. How precious is your unfailing love, O God. All humanity finds shelter in the shadow of your wings. Now that is words of comfort. And like other things, that can be taken away or seemingly just fade away. This prize, God's love for you, this grand prize you've won, is permanent. Romans 8, 37 through 39 says it this way. It says, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. This is what Patrick read this morning. He says, for I am convinced that neither death nor life, okay, angels nor demons, present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, or anything else in all creation, we will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now, did he leave any room for a loophole? No. Life, death, height, depths, angels, demons, it's all covered. Nothing can separate us from God's love. Now we can turn our back, we can get on another path, we can ignore it, but that doesn't change God's love for us. It changes our love for him and how we respond to him. There's some bonuses you may not have even considered. Such love has no fear. Oh, wouldn't it be great to have a fearless life? It says, because perfect love expels all fear. If you are afraid, it is for fear of punishment. And this shows that you are not fully experiencing his perfect love, which we already described. And this perfect love that drives out fear, it protects you. Again, it's a psalmist who writes, all who take refuge in you rejoice. Let them sing joyfully praises forever. Spread your protection over them that all who love your name may be filled with joy. For you bless the godly, O Lord. You surround them with your shield of love. And to continue this lottery analogy, to win the prize, there there's specific criteria, right? You can't just say, I want to win. You have to match those numbers exactly. But what's great is God's love for you, this, his intended blessings and his plan for your life. They're divinely created for you personally. God's got your numbers. He designed them. He gave them to you. He said, this is your gift. This is your talent. These are the blessings. This is the plan I have for your life. You are an exact match for this grand prize. See what great love the Father has, has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that they did not know him. In Ephesians 1, 5, Paul expands on it. He says, he predestined, God predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. Now, just to dive into that a little deeper, the Greek word that's used in the original text for adoption into sonship, it's a legal term, okay? It's a legal term that makes you a full and legal heir, okay? So you are a full and legal heir to the blessings of God. Uncontested, uncontestable, without question, irrevocable, you are a child of God, period. And when we hear the stories of, of people who won and they truly need it, you know, you, every now and then you hear and maybe someone who's older who's had a really rough life and you just kind of celebrate them like, great. Not that you shouldn't say everybody, you know, who has some luck, um, you know, doesn't deserve it. But sometimes you're like, oh, that's great. But you know, that's your story as well. You're familiar with the first. God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. We needed this win. You need this win. And this is echoed in Ephesians 2 4 through 5. It says, But God is so rich in mercy, and he loves us so much. I'll say this he loves you so much that even though you were dead because of your sins, he gave you life when you raised Christ from the dead. And it is by this grace that you've been saved. You do not deserve God loves, no one does, okay? The odds are against it, but, but the amazing news is, is that he does love you. In fact, he does love you. You've won. Now people claim if they were to win such a lavish prize, it, would say, it wouldn't change me a bit, right? If I'm willing to test that if you guys wanna. I'd be, I would do that for you. Um, you can't blame me for trying. <laughs> but winning by way of God's own affection absolutely changes you, and it's for the better, right? The apostle Paul explains it this way. He says, since we believe that Christ died for all, since we've accepted that, we also believe that we have all died to our old life. He died for everyone, so those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ, who died and was raised for them. And in Galatians 2.20, he proclaims, says, I have been crucified with Christ. And I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. Now you have to think about that. Christ died for his sins. He died for your sins. Those sins died with that. The old you, the sinful you, you know even if you're still doing some of your sinful things, all that's been paid in full, right? He says, the life I have, I now live in the body. I live by faith in the son of God. You have a new purpose. As soon as you accept him, that sacrifice that was made over 2,000 years ago was done for you and you're redeeming that prize. But here's some more good news. God loves you just as you are, but he also loves you enough to not let you stay the way you are. He wants to see you grow and change for the better, just like anyone would wanna do for their children. And so he sent Jesus to die for your sins in order to make this possible. So what if you did win? Would you take the lump sum or the pad over time? Again. God's love is both, instantaneously delivered at the time of your salvation, and then it continues forever. Remember the verses of the Romans Road, which starts with Romans 6.23. It says, for the wages of sin are death. That is the price we pay for the life we live. It says, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ our Lord, and includes the promise of Romans 10.13. It says, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved you understand? You say, I'll take that lump sum. Lord, save me. I repent. I am so sorry for what I've done. I accept the gift of grace and mercy. Boom, lump sum. You won. And he's with you all along the way. Because you know what? Life, life's a little difficult sometimes, right? Sometimes it's just outright hard says, I'm with you. And that prize will continue to be paid out. Every day that you pick up your cross, every day you turn to me, I will play, pray for you. I will be with you. I will be with you. I will be with you. So this is what winning looks like. And I love this. This is Peter talking in Acts. He says, repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, right? And he says, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. In Romans 5, 1 through 21, Therefore, since we've been justified through faith, right, we have peace with God, bonus, through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him we have also obtained access to faith into his grace, bonus prize, in which we stand. And we rejoice in hope of the glory of the Lord, bonus again. But if you won, would you share the bounty of your prize like these people who give to their children and grandchildren, who set up foundations and all that? Listen to what Jesus did with this. From John chapter 13, he says, Jesus knew that the father had given him full authority over everything and that he had come from God and would return to God. Okay, so he, all this is now on him. He says, I know I have all authority, I have all power. And what does he do? He goes, I won big. What does he do? So he got up from the table. He took off his robe, wrapped a towel around his waist and poured water into a basin. Then he began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that he had around them. That's what he did, he took all the power, all the authority, everything he had, and he paid it forward, he shared it. And then he tells us to do the same, he says, now I'm giving you a new commandment: love each other. Just as I have loved you, right? We just read about that in 1 Corinthians, you should love another. And we know from our previous stories, our messages and studies, that the Holy Spirit produces fruit in us. We know what those are, love, joy, peace, Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, and these are the manifestations—the the evident expression of the prize we have accepted. Right? These are the things people know when we've accepted, and, and the Lord's working in us. They see these things in us. And my friends, you can and you will be changed by the lavish bounty of God's love. So don't keep the love of God to yourself. Allow Him to use you to show His love to others. Share your prize. And as I conclude, I wanna leave you with just a few thoughts. Micah proclaims, he says, who is a God like you, pardoning iniquity, overlooking the sin of the few remaining for his inheritance? He doesn't hold on to his anger forever. He delights in faithful love. That's good news. And John 1.16 says, out of the fullness we have received grace in place of grace already given. And I love that because there's another translation that says grace on top of Grace. Okay, not in place of, but just piled on top of itself. We can't think of a greater prize than the one God has offered us. And this gift just keeps on giving grace on top of grace. Because if you're like me, you need grace on top of grace. Perhaps you don't feel like you're winning. Whatever's going on in your life, you may be saying, where's my prize? Or is this all there is? And I hope that the knowledge of God's promise gives you hope. Hope along with Paul's words, he says, if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. God's got something in store for you. He may be moving some pieces around. He may be make, waiting on you to act. I will tell you that a lot of the stuff in your life right now, even if it doesn't feel like it is a blessing, it's a part of your prize. The relationships you are in, the marriages you're in, the, the, the circumstances you are in, it's all a part of God's plan, Okay. Recognize that. I might paraphrase Paul's words when he said, If we hope for what you don't have, wait for patience. I might paraphrase that and tell you if you feel like you haven't received the fullness of your prize, then don't give up. Keep playing. And if you want to win big, you got to play big. All right? Do you remember the words of Luke? He says, Give and it will be given to you. A good measure pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be poured into your lap. For the measure you use, it will be measured to you. And that's a great visual. Hey, if you have something and you say, this is what I'm going to love you with. This is what I'm going to forgive you with. And he says, not just that amount. He goes, pack it down, shake it. Make, I mean, cram as much as you can get in there, right? He says, that, that is what you should be doing. And he goes, but whatever you use, if it's this big or this big or this big, that's what I'm going to use for you. You want to win big prize, share your big prize. Friends, are you holding on to the winning ticket? I know I beat this lottery thing to death now, but are you holding on the winning ticket, the one that's handed personally to you by God, and the specifics of your prize that are unique to you? Right, it is, right? He's got your specific number, and and your blessing, and your blessing, and your blessing, and your plans are completely different, okay? But there's several promises that we all share. He will be with you. He will protect you. He will be your strength. He will answer you when you call. He will provide for you. He will give you peace. I love that. And He will always love you. And that's what winning looks like. And these blessings are priceless, but they only have value if you redeem them. Remember Romans 10 13. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Have you done that? Will you do that? Will you cash that in? Let's pray. Father God, we've won big. We have an unconditional, unending love from you. And all you say is redeem it. Baptize and be saved. Repent and be forgiven. Then go and love others as you love us. Lord, sometimes it feels like this can't be it. This can't be the prize, this can't be all there is. And maybe it isn't. Maybe you've got something more in store. So Lord, act on our hearts. Help us to wait patiently if that's what we need to do. Help us to act um, fervently if that's what you need us to do. Help us to wait if that's what you need us to do. You are in control and let us give that to you so that you can work your great power into something fantastic as Scripture describes better than we can imagine. Father, as always, I just want to end this time with a word of thanks for who you are to us. For the opportunity we are to we have to, to gather together, to listen to your word, Lord. Whether we listening in person or listening online, Lord, I ask your blessings over all who hear it. May we be changed for what we've heard today. Amen.